Good morning, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Living Loud Outdoors. A little early, but we're on the mic already today. Been in the office studying out some things. I've been throughout the week kind of placing on my Facebook storyline scriptures building up to today. Um, this this week being uh, the week of, of, of Jesus' last days on this earth, uh, his, his last days of life here. And, and I'm, you know, I'm curious. I mean, I think a lot about these days. What, I mean, he knew what was coming. I mean, he's, he, he knew all along what, he, what was going to be the eventual outcome of his life on this earth. And, and I've often tried to just sit and reflect on how he handled each day. I mean, obviously, he was trying to leave his legacy with his followers, try, trying to get them to understand the importance of what he was trying to teach them in such a short amount of time so that they could carry on his work here on this earth. I, I've, I've did some research this morning. Like I said, I've been in the office for quite a while this morning working on this. Uh, this is stuff that's been on my mind all week, even in my dream time. It, it's like God just shows me things and and, and sparks interest in me, and, and I have to do some digging. So I, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to lay out a timeline. So I'm, I'm going to try to lay out a timeline. Now, this is um, these are all estimates, obviously. I mean, these are based on um, John and the rest of the disciples' chronological accounts. So um, kind of all between all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, they, they, they've all laid out some chronological ideas of the time frame or the timeline of this week starting and mainly I want to start with, with yesterday. So, so basically yesterday, six, about six to 9 PM Thursday night, the last supper, um, at a house of, in Southwest Jerusalem. And this is where Judas leaves after kind of Jesus has called him out. Judas leaves. He goes to fetch the soldiers. So then at 10, around 10 p.m., Jesus and his disciples leave that house and they go to Gethsemane. Uh, it's in the Kindron Valley or Kidron Valley, just northeast of Jerusalem. Around 11 p.m. all the way up to 2 a.m., somewhere in this time frame, Jesus leaves the disciples and he goes to pray for three hours. He goes back to his disciples twice, wakes them, calling them to prayer. During the third hour, the sweat was pouring out of him like blood. Man, I, and that's a, you can look that up. That is actually a physical possibility that you can become so stressed that the, the capillaries in your, in your sweat glands break and you can literally sweat blood. So then we go to 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Jesus arrest. Though all the soldiers initially falling down before him, they, they bind him, they take him into his trial First at Annas' residence, and then he was previously the high priest. And then they took him to, to Caiaphas' uh, residence, who was the present high priest. So somewhere around 5 a.m., it's early daybreak. First light of dawn in the sky. Following the trial, this is where we hear where the, the, the Peter's third denial and the cock crows. And, and Jesus actually turns to look at Peter on that cock crow. So, you know, we, there's some misinformation. We often say that the cock crowed three times. It's actually not true. Peter denied Jesus three times. And on the third denial, the rooster crowed. It, it was just it was daybreak. The rooster crowed. Now, in, 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 it is the sixth hour, sunrise, 6 to 6.59, according to John. This is the third time Pilate has gone out to the people, according to Luke. 9 a.m., the crucifixion starts. 12 noon, the sun grows dark. Somewhere around 3 p.m., Jesus' last words in Hebrew and Aramaic 
But it was, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus dies before sunset. Thus his bones were not broken. Just his, his, his body, it was uh, terrifically marred. He is buried in a borrowed tomb. So, so that, that brings us from yesterday, the, the Last Supper, where all of them gathered together, where he exposes Judas as, as being the, the, the betrayer. And, and then he, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. They pray. This is where Jesus is arrested. And then, then all throughout the rest of the night into the wee hours of the morning, he's, he's being tried. A mock trial, obviously, and, and he's and he's being actually he's he's had his death sentence given. They cry out to crucify him, so that he's been taken to the hill of Golgotha. And this is I want to pick this up now in Scripture. We're gonna we're gonna pull this now out of Scripture, um, and I want to read to you the message that I have gotten uh, and I've put together today uh, that we're gonna begin with the crucifixion. So we're going to pick this up in, in Luke. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to the referencing in Luke. This is Luke chapter 23. Uh, and, and I know you can look this up in all the different versions of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're, they all have recordings of the crucifixion. But I, I wanted to bring this out of Luke chapter 23. We're going to start with verse 33. And I'm going to carry us down uh, through this, this time frame. So start with verse 33 of Luke 23. And I'm in the amplified version. It says, when they came to the place called the skull. In, in the Latin, this, this word skull is calvarius or calvary. Uh, Golgotha is another word that's used. In the Greek, it's cranion. And I, I, Rhonda had actually found a photo uh, that showed the, the place of the skull, the, the, this, this Golgotha. And it literally, in the rock, does actually look like the image of a, of a skull, of a, of a human skull that's in, ingrained into the rock. It's pretty crazy looking. They were there. They crucified um, him and the criminals, one on the right, one on the left. Verse thirty-four says, "And and Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing." And they cast lots, dividing his clothes among themselves. Now the people stood by watching, but even the rulers ridiculed and sneered at him, saying, "He saved others from death. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed of God." His chosen one. Verse 36 says, The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him with cruelly offering him sour wine, and sarcastically saying, If you are really the king of the Jews, save yourself from death. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who had been hanged on the cross beside him kept hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us from death. But the other one rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We are suffering justly, because we are getting what we deserve for what we have done. But this man has done nothing wrong. In verse, or chapter, or verse 42 it says, And he was saying, Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. This word paradise is possibly the third heaven. Uh, there's a lot of um, speculation on where this could be. The special place or, or garden between death and resurrection. We also know that when Jesus um, descended, he, he didn't go into hell itself. He went down into the bosom. Abraham's bosom is what it was called. Uh, there's a lot of study on that as well. 
Verse 44 says, It was now about the sixth hour, noon, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, around 3 p.m., because the sun was obscured. In, in, the, in the literal version of that, it's, it's, it's literally failing. The sun was failing. The language that Luke uses is found elsewhere in the Greek literature to describe an eclipse. So the sun was eclipsed at that time. And the veil of the Holy of Holies of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. You know, we talk a little bit about this from time to time. I love the depiction of the veil. The veil was what separated the Holy of Holies. There was only one who could enter the Holy of Holies. And it was the priest who had to be just right. Remember, they tied a rope around him. He had bells on the end of his garment. And he would go in to the Holy of Holies with incense and 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 because he was in literally in the presence of God. You can't be in the presence of God unless you're pure. So this man would have to be purified and he would he would go in. They kept an, a rope tied around his ankle because if he got in there and, and there was impurity in him, he was struck dead in the presence of God. And they had to drag him out. So if the bells quit ringing, they just went to tugging on the rope, pulled a dead man out. So this this veil separated the Holy of Holies from mankind. At the time that Jesus gave up his spirit, that veil was rent or torn from the top to the bottom. There's all kinds of, 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 of history about the veil. There's all kinds of things you can look up about the veil of the Holy of Holies and how it was built, how it was designed, how it was threaded together, how thick it was, how monstrous it was. And, and it was, I think it's important to note the, the tearing of the veil establishes the, the institution of a, a newer direct way of communication between God and man. That the sacrificial death of Christ nullified the need for priestly intervention between God and man. It abolished the need for animal sacrifice even. We, at that moment, become the temple of the Holy Ghost. We become the temple of the presence of God. We are the Holy of Holies now because God resides in us. There is no separation any longer between man and God as there were in that day because of Jesus' sacrifice. Picking this up in verse 46. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he began praising and honoring God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. All of the crowds who had gathered in this spectacle, when they saw that, what had happened, began to turn to return to their homes, beating their breasts as a sign of mourning or repentance. And all of his acquaintances and the women who had accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance watching all these things. In the, in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, there's a scene in there that just it tears me. But it's Jesus is on the cross, and this is when he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he's mumbling and he's praying while he, in this scene is he's on the cross as he's praying to his father. And one of the one of the soldiers is like, what is he saying? And the other one looks at him with this, this kind of an interesting uh, look in his eye. And he said, do you not understand? He's praying for you. He was praying for the very, the depiction in the movie, he was praying for the very one who had hung him on that cross, who was ridiculing him, who was mocking him. His, his passion for mankind was so strong that it allowed him to do all that he did on that cross. Jesus is buried. We go to, we go to verse 50. A man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, uh, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, uh, a good and honorable man, he had not consented to the council's plan and action. A man from Arimathea, 
a city of the Jews, who was waiting for and expecting uh, the kingdom of God, this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And later receiving permission, he took it down and wrapped it in linen, burial cloth, and laid him in a tomb cut into the rock, where no one had yet been laid. It was the day of preparation for the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was dawning. Now the women who had come from with him from Galilee followed closely, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid, and then they went back and prepared spices and ointments and sweet-smelling herbs. And on the Sabbath they rested in accordance with the commandment forbidding work. This is, we're, we're, we're now in, we're coming up to Saturday, okay? There's a lot of things that will happen on Saturday. We're going to talk about that. I will, I will share some of those things with you um, tomorrow. I, I know we have our, our story time with Buster tomorrow, but I'm, I'm, I'm on this and I'm going to stay on this track all the way. Uh, I'm going to be mobile Sunday morning, so I'm not exactly sure where I'm, how I'm going to handle that Sunday morning yet. But um, but we'll we'll bring some sort of a message. Sunday's coming, Amen. We're we're into Friday. We're into the crucifixion. I want you to spend the day thinking about all the things that Jesus is going through today. He's literally being hung on a cross. Throughout this day, he is hung on that cross. Nail pierced hands. Nail pierced feet. He's been beaten half to death. He's 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 been mocked and spit on. He's had a horrific time. And now he's hanging in the, in, in the wide open view of all with a robber on each side of him. What an incredible picture we have of our king. I want, I want, to, I want to bring you to the place that as he passes, as, he, as, he, as they bury him in that tomb later this evening, before dark is what they said, Saturday, people talk about how it's quiet on Saturday. It may have been quiet there because it was the Sabbath. But it was breaking loose where Jesus was. Amen. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. God bless you guys. We thank you so much for following along. Thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting us financially. Uh, I sent out an email today. If you're on our email list, you probably already received that. Uh, we are looking for some support. We have a lot of things going on this month. There are a lot of travel coming up. Actually, starting next weekend, I'll be I'll be on the road over towards Jeff City, Missouri, Jefferson City, Missouri, uh, at a turkey hunt for Peterson Outdoor Ministries. Then I'll travel back to the Lodge of Hope, which is just north of Joplin, for Sunday service at our military chaplain's turkey hunt. So I'm I'm going to be running quite a bit this next end of this month. Uh, man, we could certainly use your your support to help us with our travels and things just ministry as a whole. We have a lot of needs within the ministry. Uh, we're, we're relying on God to provide right now, and we believe he will. He's led us to this place. We believe he will continue to, to provide and, and put provision into our lap. Amen. We know that if you provide with us, God will supply back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, be poured into your lap. Pray with us. Pray for us. Pray over us during this time of ministry that the lives are changed, that that that. that uh, people hear the gospel, and, and the gospel never returns void. Amen. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Uh, may you have an incredible Easter weekend. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Sunday's coming. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.